You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for downloading this week's episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast, a Six Nations special for you, of course. The opening weekend done and dusted, Wales get through it with a bonus point win, thumping 42 points to nil victory to get Wayne Pivak's campaign off and running. On top of that, there was a thriller out in Paris where the French uh, really put on some exciting rugby to defeat England and uh, another exciting game in Dublin too with Ireland uh, overcoming a spirited Scotland. So we'll be dissecting all of that on this week's episode and looking ahead to next week's clash against Ireland at the Aviva Stadium. And of course, who else would I do this with than none other than regular co-host Daniel Killick. He joined me fresh from uh, a weekend by the seaside. So all of this is uh, is coming up, and of course we'll be uh, we'll be getting stuck into listeners' questions too. Before we get underway, big thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. A nice parcel of coffee arrive uh, for me from Scott this week, and uh, yeah, a very nice mug and uh, mug and hat in there as well. So yeah, we'll chuck a picture of that up on uh, on social media soon. Uh, but yeah. As I say, we love working with these guys. Fantastic quality coffee. And if you want to get yourself some, head over to socoffeetrades.co.uk. Right, on with the show. Some weekend, eh? Brilliant start. Couldn't have asked for a better start, could we? Uh, do you know what? I, I don't know. I don't know how excited to get because it was. It was a really strange game, the Italy game, because you had like kind of the first twenty minutes were really, really fast, fast intensity, early scores, everything that we don't expect from Wales early on in a in a, in a tournament. And then, particularly the start of the second half, it really just it felt like one of those games where Wales knew they'd won it, lost a bit of momentum, but then we had all that excitement towards the end. So it was a funny old performance, but plenty to be excited about, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah, it was 
you know, it's very rare, isn't it, that at, a, at an international game you, you don't see you don't concede any points. Yeah. So I think that's a, a massive plus. But Italy Italy were poor, weren't they? But they're still an international side. So I found myself yeah being caught between a couple of different places in that just how bad were Italy um, and sort of, uh, you know, how good actually were we? It's a, it's a, it was always going to be, it's always going to be a difficult, a difficult game first up. I think if we'd, if we, if we'd come close, we probably would have, wouldn't have known exactly where we are and winning 42 nil. It seems like potentially it was too easy a game for us going into what's going to be a very different challenge next weekend. So it's all a little odd, isn't it? Yeah, my assessment is that Italy were really, really bad, and that plays exactly into the hands of how Pivac wants to play, doesn't it? You know, if he, he wants players who can think on the ball, who can spot the overlap, and they really gave us plenty of plenty of opportunity to do that. But you know, you still got to put them away, and we'd seen Wales stutter in those kind of fixtures in the past. Right, admittedly, maybe not Italy at, at home quite as much, but certainly in the Autumn Internationals, we'd struggled in in similar games and at times in the World Cup. So I think it's I think it's definitely encouraging and some some outstanding individual performances. They were, yeah. There was, I mean, I'm I'm delighted with the with the win, and you know, you look at some of the some of the meters, the meters made by, you know, by our by Josh Adams and. You know, half penny had a very good game, didn't he? And we did. We looked. We looked in good shape, really good shape. And they they flung the ball around a fair bit, didn't they? It was a very different performance from from Italy. Really, usually they're pretty sort of mm. they stick with they stick with the pace, don't they? Up until the final sort of thirty, where they tend to drop off. But this was this was an unusual Italy performance, flinging the ball around from all over the shop. And at times we have struggled with sides getting on the outside of us, haven't we? Mm. I think we did. I think, I think we did on occasions yeah. there. I, I think uh, you know. I think, I think North did, did pretty well, but there was, a couple, there was a couple of occasions actually where McNichol got skinned on the outside quite comfortably, and in what were really tackles that he should be making. So there, there were line breaches. There was a couple where. You know, we kind of over overcommitted at a, uh, not so much overcommitted at a ruck, but we had you know forwards defending in the blindside channel, which meant you know that you didn't have a winger sweeping around to cover that overlap. So you know there there were things to work on that a better team would have put away, which I think to me shows where Italy are at. Yeah, yeah, agreed. They left a better side would have scored, would have scored probably three or four tries past that Welsh performance, wouldn't they? But overall, really, really pleasing. But certainly, there's uh, it wasn't it wasn't faultless, was it? No, it wasn't. And Wales not the only side in action this weekend. Of course, the other two games really entertaining. Scotland and, and Ireland played out a ding dong clash, and uh, this this French side looks as though they have got something about them. They really put England to the sword in that first half, and uh, and yeah, and got the got the win there with England taking the, the three points for a, a losing bonus point. Just making Eddie Jones look like such a prat with his pre-game, you know, they're, they're going to feel real intensity or whatever it was he said. And, you know, we wanted this to be the best side in the, uh, of all time. You know, you just look stupid if you're not able to back those things up. You do, yeah. And also... Coming back to haunt him, uh, the selection choices aren't they? Well, we're definitely going to we're definitely going to come onto that before you start spoiling the listeners' questions. 
Dan. I haven't looked. I haven't looked at them this week. Good. Time. I'm glad because yeah, you. Oh, I need to. I need to be done by half eight, and then only only rock up back at back at home for eight o'clock, my friend. You're not going to ruin. You're not going to ruin this by squandering the listeners' questions. You're going to have to answer these on the fly. So we have got plenty of listeners' questions. Thank you to everyone who looking forward to them. Yeah, thank you to everyone who sent those in. As you can imagine, a lot of them revolve around team selection for next week, which is going to be a fascinating. A fascinating selection and a fascinating game because it really is Wales's first proper test, and we'll see how they how they get on, especially with both sides getting off to winning starts. So we'll get stuck into those in a, in a moment, and uh, yeah, of course we're going to be previewing that game. Dan and I will make our own selection for next week's game too, and uh, yeah, we'll be looking in depth at the other the other games that had, that took place this weekend, and maybe even if we've got time, have a look forward to some of the other nations in action next week too let's start with this one though Dan anyone who heard the pods midweek uh, with Geraint um, I had some great feedback from that so thank you very much but he sent in the first question which was simply can we please have Sean Edwards back uh, do we need him if we're uh, if we're keeping sides to nil Dan I think you, every side every side's going to want Sean Edwards aren't they it oh, was a good start for Byron Hayward but as we as we mentioned earlier Italy were poor um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, when you look at that French side, you can see what and how, the way in which they performed, you can see the impact he's had already. They were the line speed was fantastic, wasn't it? They, uh, you know, they're right up in everyone's faces, collisions, and he's he's more than just a defense coach, isn't he? He's a coach, so yeah, yeah, he is. And they did look just so much more organized. That's the thing. I think you can argue perhaps towards the end of the game that. You know, perhaps the fitness isn't quite there where it where it needs to be. But at the same time, the players they brought off the bench made such a difference. And I think perhaps Jefferson Poirot in particular contributing with those with those turnovers. You know, again, you just feel like although the selection is Galtier's decision, you just feel like that input from Sean Edwards saying, "Right, we need a prop coming off the bench who's going to be able to have a positive impact around the park and, and keep us in it defensively." You just wonder whether those things are. Helping with selection rather than you know it just being I'm going to pick the best twenty three players. Yeah, I'm 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 sure he he's involved. You know, he'll be involved all over the because he, he, he's basically a he is like a head coach. You know, I think he does he does so much of of that and all, and also he's involved in the selection as well. That it was always going to be um, for France, wasn't it? That England were probably going to we're going to come back into the game and look stronger as it went on. So the fact that they managed to build that lead and then they had to get the, the bench, the bench options, right. Which, yeah, I just reckon that Edwards is, is, is behind so much of it. So much of it. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I, I would expect to see that get better and better. The more familiarity they have, the more time they have with, with Sean Edwards in the camp and the, and the whole new coaching setup. But how impressed were you with the overall French performance? It was a good performance. I think they've got they've got more in them, but I still st- stand by what I said last week, which was that the I call I called the, the the French win as as you did as well. I do think they're going to have some losses in them. They've got a lot mm. of in it. They've got a lot of inexperience in there, and if you can stop them early on, so they they're dangerous, aren't they? They can attack from deep. They've got a they've got a lovely offloading game, um, mm. and they've got strike runners. So, if you can if you can 
if you can stop them getting getting ahead and getting some early tries, they will they will drop off. They will give away some pens. They do lose a bit of structure. So you've just got to not play into their hands, and you've also got to get your selection right against them, which Eddie Jones didn't do. And uh, yeah, will will be brutal, as uh, as Eddie said, is uh, uh, they were anything but. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The other thing that I think is really encouraging for France with regards to selection is particularly Dupont at nine. I oh, just was, you know, with the, with, the exception, with the exception of kicking the ball out at 79 minutes, which is an error I wouldn't expect him to make again. He was absolutely imperious. Great, great running threat. Good kicking game. Passing was, you know, apart from a couple of times where he was snagged by Maratoji at the, at the breakdown, I, th- I thought he had an absolutely superb game. He did. He was. It was a world class performance from him. Untouchable at times, wasn't he? Lovely passing game. Yeah, ta- he was an attacking threat all day long. Uh, it was lovely link between the forwards and the backs, and especially when you consider that there's so much youth in that side. It was a huge performance from him at nine. He's he's a youngster himself, isn't he? He just looked so mm. composed. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone's been looking forward to watching Dupont, and sometimes when there is. You know, when there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight around your shoulders, you can you can sort of falter under it. But he just he just seemed to grow into that shirt. And yeah, apart from that 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 uh, little error at the end of the game, he was it was pretty much faultless, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was, and you know, lots lots of other positives for for France. And it was just so different to see them play like that because in the past we've come used to in the last ten years or so going right, they're going to be hard up front, they're going to have a big pack, they're going to be very dominant at scrum time set piece really didn't fire for them but the backs played like a, a vintage 80s or 90s 80s or 90s set of backs you know they were just absolutely superb and champagne rugby yeah it was lovely lovely to watch it was great to see the French you know French sides on the up and I thought that the French back row as well totally outplayed the English mm. back row um Let's let's yeah. lead on that with the next uh, with the next question. Charles Olivon well. called it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And this one is from uh, from our good pal, the mighty Murph. Why is Eddie Jones obsessed with picking second rows in the back row? They did it in 2018 and came fifth. Do you know what? I, I'm exactly the same. I cannot fathom it. Itoje Laws, brilliant, absolutely brilliant second rows. I, I'm a big fan of Courtney Laws. How anyone looks at him and thinks he's a thinks he's an international six is beyond me. And he's terrific in the second row, as is a Toji, but neither are international flankers. They can do a job for you at certain points during the game, but I just think you're asking you're asking for trouble there. And he's left out form players in the Premiership in favour of of opting for this rejig back row. You've got Curry at eight, who's definitely not an eight. You've got Andale at seven, that's fine. And then you've got Laws at six, who's a who's a quite clearly a second row. I can't I can't understand it for the life of me. I I just think he gets his selections wrong. He, he's it's not like it's a one off, is it? He he does it regularly, so mm. it's the wrong call at six and it's it's definitely the wrong call at eight. I think they were really hit by having by having Curry at eight. Mm. It went it went it went disastrously wrong for them today. And if they if they hadn't, I, I actually think that if Curry wasn't at eight, they um, they probably could have scraped scraped a win there. Actually, do you think? I think they could have probably got away with having Laws at six. But he's not. Mm. I agree with 
with uh, you and and Murph that he's not a he's not a six, and it kind of it almost belittles that 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 position, doesn't it? It's a specialist position, and I I, I, I don't understand what Eddie Jones is doing there. Well, it is they've got they've got players that can play there. It's not like they're a side where they don't they have to do that. They don't have to do that. But the way they the way they play, they're so reliant on ball carriers. And with Billy Vinopola injured and with Tulangi going off in the first half, they were completely over-reliant on Courtney Laws to do the ball carrying. Now, if he's in the second row, it allows you to have Curry at six, Underhill at seven, and a back row, a specialist number eight who can carry the ball at eight. And it alleviates some of that pressure on Laws. But as it was, it meant that... Like you say, the French back row completely outplayed them. And how many times were England in that in the twenty-two, and they were turned over, particularly in the first half? Yeah, and the French would have Edwards would have lined up and identified a weakness there, and it's 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 what the French did, didn't they? They targeted the back row, made it really difficult for England. And as we know, if you can't you know if you can't win that ball and you get turned over and you haven't you haven't got a, the momentum to go forward. It's going to be it's going to be a difficult day, and it was a difficult day for England. It was. Uh, on a lighter note, did you have the sound on where you were watching, or were you watching it in a uh, in a pub with one eye on it, trying to eat a eat a Sunday roast and feed the kids? I managed to have. I know I had it on. Had it on. Had the sound on. I was in uh, in a different room to where the where the girls were watching. I don't know what what, what it was. Uh, tangled, you, I think. Did you notice Eddie Butler's? Even by his standards, his French pronunciation were excessive this time round. I love the the outside half being Orman and Tomac. It was absolutely incredible, <laughs> and uh, and Demba Bomba coming off the bench. It was uh, mate, it really made me chuckle. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, should we uh, should we move on? Let's uh, let's have a talk about Wales, shall we? Yeah. This one in from. Okay, Ian Alexander, of course, and it's not about your, uh, not about your dress sense. Oh. <laughs> next that, week. Next week. Is that the Ian Alexander alert? Every time we mention him, there's a, there's going to be a bell, and your dogs are going to bark. <laughs> He's known in this household now. He is. Uh, the crowd at the stadium was so quiet; it depressed me beyond belief. Is it just because it's the Italy game, or do we need to do something about it? Well, you're all, you've always got a lot to say on this, haven't you? With the, the a singing, I think you you called for a singing mm. section, didn't you? I would love it. Yeah, get it down Glamour's end. Yeah, I, I I wasn't too sure about that when you first uh, when you for, first dropped that in, but actually it does make sense because if you if you've got a people that love to sing all all together, mm. it's it's going to g up it's going to g up the whole the whole of the crowd isn't it and if one starts to sing then someone else tends to I don't know I wasn't there so I can't really comment on what the atmosphere is like it didn't it didn't sound great no it didn't did it coming across coming across the TV which I think is disappointing it's the first game in the Six Nations isn't it mm. I don't think it matters whether you're playing against Italy or you know or France or one of the other, one of the other sides but yeah it's, it's it is a bit disappointing and it's been a concern isn't it point of concern yeah. Certainly on this podcast, then for 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 quite a while. I mean, you've been there. You went down to that England game last year, and the atmosphere was amazing, wasn't it? And noticeably so. I think that's it just was. it, right? Is it so expensive that people, you know, I, I suppose you're more knowledgeable and louder rugby fans pick and choose the games they go to, and 
if you're going to save up your money and pay close to 100, if not north of 100 quid a ticket for a game like the England game, you know, you go, well, actually, you know, I'll forgo the, the Italy game, which we probably know the result. It's, uh, you know, I was there for the for the Ireland game. The atmosphere was fantastic last year. It's, I think it's, that's just it. You know, you, you pick and choose because it's, because it's expensive. And if that is the case, I, I still think a singing section would be fantastic because you're selling in, I'm putting my marketing hat on there, right? But when you got the TV cameras in there, you're selling that product to the rest of the, the rest of the world and, and as, as well as selling it to potentially to people who are going to turn up. So it's not a good look having it, having it sound uh, as, as kind of echoey as it did. Um, With that singing section then, mm. so they'd obviously pay to go, yeah? yeah. but you just, you'd basically identify <laughs> anyone that's like, that likes to sing, regardless of quality, sits in a particular section, yeah? Yeah, and I'm suggesting maybe lower, the lower end down at Glanmore's end, and, you know, so not perhaps the best seat in the house, but one that you can have as a, you know, as a noisier section. Yeah, you, you know, you identify, so you create this kind of, this kind of choir zone. I'd have it terraced as well. I mean, I haven't thought the details through, Dan, of course, but it's, I just oh, think that on. there's something about having that noise reverberate from out around there, the rest of the stadium will join in. Yeah, it would provide a catalyst, wouldn't it, to the atmosphere? Mm. But I think you're spot on that the fact that it, it is so expensive now that you have to, you have to pick and choose. Mm. And with it being, uh, you know, Italy first up, it is going to be a slightly, a slightly different crowd there. And the atmosphere was brilliant for, for England and likewise it was for, for, for Ireland as well, wasn't it? So, yeah, so maybe, there. Maybe, maybe some intervention is needed. Right, Dan, we're going to take a very quick break for a number of reasons. One, because I timed my dinner and there's a chicken in the oven that's about to, that's about to beep now. So, uh, so I need to go out and, and sort that, leave it in the oven warming because you're going to make me do another half of a podcast because of your lack of timing. But we've still got loads to get through in the second half. So we'll be back after this very, very short break. I'm Ben John, and you're listening to the Attack and Scrum podcast. Welcome back to the Attack and Scrum. Still got plenty to get through, Daniel, including Daniel. Gosh, Daniel. Yeah, I had a good, uh, a good bit of chat with some of the boys on Twitter yesterday about Daniel, uh, Daniel Bigger, as as uh, Sean, Holly Sean Holly would put it, and uh, <laughs> and also about how there could be a market for creating a sat-nav voice in Sean Holly's Scrum 5 voice. <laughs> that would be very good. I was thinking along, along the lines of here, take the second exit towards Bristol. I was lucky enough to coach Ryan Jones at Bristol and we got a one championship playoff final. <laughs> um, niche, but there we go. Um, like let's get back to talking about Wales. When Gareth Davis, this is from John Phillips, uh, when Gareth Davis comes back fit, who is starting and who's on the bench? Thomas Williams starts for me next week. Gareth on the bench. Reese Webb drops out. Interesting. Yeah, I thought Webby tried a bit too hard, if I'm honest. I think he was maybe a little bit emotionally charged. And I thought he got a couple of bum calls from Luke Pearce as well. He did, actually. Didn't he? A couple of borderline ones. I don't know if that was just me with my Webby fan club hat on. But um, the, my, my slight problem with this is, Dan, if Gareth Davis is fully fit... I think he gives you more of an impact playing for 50 minutes because he can he can poach you 
a try out of nowhere with one of those intercepts. He can spook Murray and Sexton. So I personally would start him and have Thomas coming off the bench, which is incredibly harsh. But it's, you know, I think sometimes you just got to go horses for courses. And that's what I'd be looking to do. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to go the opposite. I think mm-hmm. Thomas Williams to start. Reason being is that I like the way that he played with Bigger. And mm. I think Bigger needs that. He's very difficult to read Thomas Williams in what he does. And I think he just allows a little bit more space and time to Bigger, which will bring the best out of, out of Bigger's game. Um, so what we'll lose in, in the defensive qualities of, of Gareth, I think the, the backline benefits mm. from Thomas starting with giving Bigger that extra bit of time on the ball. So I'm going to go that way round. And, and also, how frightening would it be for, the, for, for Ireland to see Gareth Davis come off the bench? He's not. He's not a nine that you'd want to face against. Well, I think I think the same about Thomas Williams. But you make a compelling argument about him starting because Bigger did look fantastic at ten, and at no point more so than the the through the legs pass, which I saw someone on Twitter say it, it belonged on Pornhub. It was that. <laughs> it was that good. It. Do you know what? I, I, I was brilliant to see that from Bigger. It felt, it felt like he's got more freedom to be a bit more expressive at ten, doesn't it? it, it it, yeah, it did, and he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, he has—he's done it for Northampton, hasn't he? A couple mm. of weeks earlier, but he—the way that he was lining up, almost facing it, facing the post—it completely threw the through the French defence. And yeah, Josh Adams knew exactly what he was going to do, also. So it's clever, and he—he he really seems to be enjoying his rugby at the moment, doesn't he? And it's—I think he's got—he's really kicked on since he's gone over the bridge. Yeah, I. You know, I don't know how much he's kicked on or how much it's just a, you know, kind of like a mentality thing or playing in a good side brings out an extra bit towards him. I think certainly under under Gatland, he was he was in that side to be the controlling 10. And we know that in terms of the, the risk reward factor, Gatland was was very much to uh, play a conservative game, which worked very very well for Wales and, and bigger can control a game like that. But it's just nice to see these little flashes. And and you're right, you have seen it at Northampton. Um, yeah, maybe, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he has come on. I know he's really enjoying playing under Chris Boyd. So um, yeah, it's it's fantastic to see. I think he's uh, I think he's come on. I also think that we can't underestimate the impact of the balance of the back row as well with Falatau in there, giving extra few seconds as well to bigger. So. It was just so lovely to see Falatau back there, wasn't it? Impressed with Toby's performance? Yeah, I think he had some. He did. He did. He did some good things. He did some average things. It wasn't a, a performance from him that possibly we we would have expected then against an Italian side. But it's just good for him to yeah. get to get you know fifty you know fifty five or whatever it was you know get some mm. get some minutes get some. Get his lungs blowing, and yeah, then pull him off, and um, we can get him. Get him steady him. on. It wasn't that good, mate. One mention of porn, haven't you? Pulling people off, disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> get it. Get another week, a week's training in, into him. So oh, it's just, it's just a joy to see out there. To be honest, yeah, I agree. Some nice stuff, plenty of unfussy stuff. A good solid seven out of ten by Toby standards. And I think there's a, there's a lot more to come. But yeah, first and foremost, great to see him come through the game unscathed. And uh, yeah, some some really nice touches in there. Let us take this one from Tom Harrison. Did Tomkins do enough to warrant the 13 jersey next time out? North looked okay, but for me it's Tomkins. What is Daniel Killick doing with so his I thought North, line? I thought North played well. Um, 
he he had a good good solid game, but Tomkins looked looked sharp, looked excellent, looked every bit the thirteen that we know he is. And Ireland is going to be a different kettle of fish. They're going to look to, I think if North if North plays there next weekend, they'll look to really target him off first phase and probably second phase mm. as well. So for me, he has to start at thirteen if we're if we need to, if we're if we're going to win over in Ireland. I think, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. We've been talking for the last you know couple of months really that we've got a, a, an injury crisis at centre and now we've unearthed someone here who's put in a performance of that standard on his test debut off the in two stints as well I genuinely think he could he could comfortably have walked away with man of the match having played whatever it was 40 minutes yeah I saw the you tweet minutes, that and yeah. I agree he, it, it was it was a brilliant debut wasn't it excellent yeah. in, in defence and attack it couldn't have gone any better for him there were some some stunning touches in there, and in his his first stint where he came on for McNichols HIA, I think he missed one one tackle, not an outrageous one, but I think someone ducked inside him. He won a turnover, which we then kicked and scored from. He put a, a zinging pass out that to set pass. up another try. Yeah, I had to rewind that to, to just to make sure that it was him, and it was. It was a beautiful yeah. pass, wasn't it? It was a beauty, wasn't it? And then. Came on, came off the bench in the second half, set up a try that was disallowed, scored a fantastic one himself. I, I thought he was absolutely every time he touched the ball, he looked. You know, on the on the occasions I've seen him before, I've I've looked at him and thought he's a good centre, he's solid, he's dependable, almost in the Hadley Parks kind of mould of being a you know having some football ability, but also just being solid and solid and dependable. But he was really exciting yesterday, and for me, you have to pick him at thirteen, in my opinion. Again, North. I thought they did a good job and we're in danger now of, I, someone mentioned this on Twitter, I can't remember who it was, but mentioned that, you know, North's becoming kind of the new Cuthbert. It's very fashionable to stick the boot into George North. And, and I don't, and I don't agree with, I don't agree with that, um, with that sentiment. I don't think he, he should be singled out for, Chris. I thought he had a fine game yesterday. He was decent, unspectacular, looked like a winger playing at 13 and doing an admirable job of it. Tomkins, on the other hand, I thought looked every inch uh, an international centre. Get him in that side for next week. Yeah, he's he's thirteen for me. He made it's it's rare, isn't it, that you see almost with every every touch or every play that he was involved in, they were they were game changing. So whether it was in mm. defence, yeah, whether whether it was in attack, um, whether it was positionally. They were. He had. A, he, they were. There was lots and lots of impact and game-changing moments from him. So it was some performance, and he looked. He looked really hungry, didn't he? He looked like he. Mm. He, he wanted to be there, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a good place for us to be in because we've all been concerned with this with this uh, centre position, haven't we? Mm. Oh yeah, so it's a it's a brilliant option to have, and and he'd be getting that he'd be getting that slot for me. We will, as a reminder, be picking our side right at the end of the the show. Obviously, we're we're touching on a lot of these already, and we're going to touch on the forwards now with this question from Jamie Phillips. Despite the result, Wales's scrum was disappointing. Should we make front row changes for Ireland? An opportunity for Rob Evans and Will Griff John to start, perhaps, or do we give the same front row another vote of confidence? Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought the. The scrummaging performance from us was poor. 
And because we're going to be going up against Ireland next weekend, they're going to... We know how, how they're going to want to play. They're going to be keeping it tight, massive scrummaging performance, line out, you know, real set. They're going to look to dominate the set piece, rolling malls, etc. I would make make some bold changes to that to that front row, but keep Ken Owens there. What are your bold changes then? Those two just mentioned, Will Griff- Evans and Will Griff John. Will Will Griff John in? Mm-hmm. And I would bring in. Carey as well. Oh, big, very big. Because Carey be brings a because Carey's got an offload. He's explosive as well, isn't he? And he's he's scrummaged better than I think any of us really would have expected then mm. during during the games we've seen of late. So there's something different to come from him. But I, I will Griff John. I would bring in big big lump, six foot three, an out and out scrummager. And somebody that would probably, you know, the the Irish would 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 not want to face him. I well, I think they'd uh, they'd be really looking to to turn the screw if if we if we run with the same front row that we have that we did against Italy. Yeah, it, it, it's very difficult playing devil's advocate again here. I thought there was Win Jones. As you know, I'm a big fan of, but I thought he had a very disappointing game by his standards, particularly giving away four or five penalties, whatever it was, at scrum time. That's not what we've come to expect. That the, the young um, Italian tight head gave him a real, a real hard time. Dylan Lewis, as we know, is not renowned for being a scrummager, but I thought he did some good work on the floor as usual. Some key, some key kind of turnovers, and it's almost that stuff I think is going to be crucial against Ireland. When we've gone to Dublin in the past few years. We've been blown away by the pack. We know if, if they're refereed like they were by uh, Mattia Reynard, hands all over the place. CJ Stander, great game because he got away with it, but most of the time he's lying on top of the ball. And, it's it's and illegal. So much, of his, so much is, of his play is, is illegal, illegal, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's fine. Richie McCaw did, did similar things. I don't blame the player. I blame the ref for not doing it. But crucially, we can't afford to blame the ref next week if we don't win. We have to go out there and play the ref. Now, this kind of Warburton, uh, what's the word, kind of inspired breakdown technique that I think you could see a lot of on display on Saturday, we're going to have to get absolutely right because two years ago we went to Dublin and we didn't commit many men to rucks and we were just, every every player was just blown out of the, blown out of the water by that Leinster Ireland style of players flying into rucks, smashing out quick ball and I don't think we can afford to give Ireland that. So no. I don't know, something else to bear in mind. Yeah, I don't think... We can't go with the the sort of ball playing turnover, you know, turnover front row that maybe mm. probably we'd like to go and probably the, what Pivak wants to do against Ireland. We've got to put the the, the strongest scrummages in there, and then also that that that's going to play into the the second rows as well. We've got to have a good a good scrummaging second row partnership that the weight can carry through into the front row because we can't let them. Uh, let them gain momentum and go forward. Also on that, we've got to look at defending lineouts. You know, that's where Will Griff John, I think, has to, you know, has got to be in serious contention there because they're going to keep it tight. Okay. A couple, couple more questions down again, both related. One from Paul Price, which says, where does North fit in? We'll come on to that in a minute because we're going to pick our side at the end of the show. Uh, I just want to touch on the Ireland-Scotland game before we do that. Scotland, to be honest, I thought their form away from home has been so poor over the last, well, 
decade, even when they've been good at home, I thought they'd go there and particularly with all the Finn Russell stuff going on, I kind of saw them being blown away at Lansdowne Road and they weren't, to be honest, they could have had a draw, they could have won that game if it weren't for, I'm not blaming, well, like, you know, Stuart will be blaming himself for that because a player of his standard or a player of any international standard should be scoring that opportunity. But if it weren't for that and a, and a few other a few other things going Ireland's way, Scotland could have easily come out of that with a win. Does that lend itself well to Wales going over there next week, or can you just forget about this game and next week's a completely different encounter? I think it's going to be a totally different encounter, really. I think Scotland will be disappoint will be disappointed on one hand that they could have won that game, but equally it was a good performance from them, and I don't think too many people saw that that performance coming from them, especially with no, the, I certainly uh, didn't. You know all the you know, all the drama that's happened with Finn Russell. They looked they looked good, didn't they? They just lost the they lost the battle on the floor, but contentious because they weren't the, the, the ref didn't didn't help him at all. And if there's one side that tends to get the referee referee in decisions and has done over the years, it has been Ireland. They're very good mm. they're very good at they're very good at playing the ref. Well, they are at home. I, I, you know, it's, it's how sides adapt. And, you know, again, using those examples of Wales playing them over the past two years in the Six Nations, 2018, they blew us away at a breakdown. Again, you could argue some of it was was illegal, but it doesn't matter because we weren't able to counter it. And in, in 2019, on the Grand Slam day, they just weren't able, they weren't able to cope with us at the breakdown. And, you know, again, they, they might have a few gripes about the way that was refereed, but... I think so much of how Ireland of how Ireland do comes down to the way the breakdown is interpreted. I'm not saying they're no good at it. I'm just saying that a lot can hinge on the way that that is that that is that is refereed. And you know, if they if they get their own way, they they can blow sides away. Um, but they can. I'm hoping that won't be the case next week. Yeah, they can blow sides away. I just think if you can match if you can match Ireland physically, they do. They are a mm. very very different different side. They they do lack a bit of pace from from 9 and 10 particularly at the moment in terms of speed of moving the ball and also just just pace in general so that's why I think we have to get this selection right and it's a fascinating choice isn't it of, of, of what we do in the front row you, you know what we do in the second row and the back row as well Come on then Dan we've teased it for long enough and we've given out a fair amount of these how are we doing this me pick the forwards you pick the backs or is this everything up for debate I think everything is up for debate on this one all right, okay. Let's hear your um, front row, and then... Okay. I am going Rob Evans, and Ken Owens, and Will Griff-John. Oh. With Reese Carey on the bench, and an unlucky, a very unlucky, Wynne Jones missing out. Okay, I'll go with that, because I've... I've been toying with 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 Rob Evans being in there. He's, I just think, from a scrummaging perspective, he'll really he'll really get into them, won't he? He'll be winding them yeah. up. He'll, yeah, yeah. He needs a big performance because of what happened at the World Cup, and or, or didn't happen at the World Cup. Well, yeah. So, all right, we'll go with that then. All right. In the second row, obviously, Alan Jones picks himself. I would go ball again. I would go ball. I thought you were going to go Corey. I'd go ball I again for gone, the scrimmage. I, I would have gone. Yeah, exactly. I would have gone Corey for the 
I would have gone Corey for the Italian game, but for this game, you know, I think I think you need a ball carrier and you need your scrummaging options in there. So I'd go with that. And then the back row stays the same because you've got three extra line out options in there. You can lift all of them. They use Wainwright a lot in the in the game against Italy. We know they've used Tipperick in the past and Toby's an option there. Is there a shout for, for Shingler to start at six with the with the line out? I know it's a good question. Uh, would you would you drop Wainwright off the back of that? It's, it'd be extremely harsh. Like it's just the you know. I, I know Wainwright's sums- very good in the line out, isn't he? But I, yeah, but I think you can sometimes get bogged down with thinking that you can pick someone just as a, as a line out specialist. We saw New Zealand try and do it to England in the the World Cup semi final. And that backfired massively. I'd be, I'd be tempted to go look. How, what would Ireland be looking at and thinking? Christ, I don't fancy that back row much. And to be fair, all of those players are, are quality, but I do think that they'd be looking at Wainwright, Tipperick, Falatau, and thinking, Christ, that is a, that is a hell of a trio there. And I thought they had a decent run together. I'd be, I want to see them out there again. Yeah, I thought they went very well, and I was looking at whether or not. Shingler could come in at six, but I think it's you can't. We can't drop. We can't drop Aaron Wainwright after that performance. And also, when we look at how much of a dogfight this this mm. floor battle is going to be, yeah, Aaron Wainwright does do a lot of work there, doesn't he? he? Tends to be in the right position at the right time. Gets to a huge amount of work. Can operate in the line out. You know, Shingler would be ahead of him in that line out berth, but it's the it's yeah, the other would. bits that uh, that he does that. Probably just just puts him just puts him ahead for me, yeah. So we'll stick with yeah, stick with that back row then. And then I'd have Moriarty on the bench. Yep, agreed. So nine. Right, then. Have I sold you on on mm. Thomas Williams starting? You usually don't need much yes. selling on Thomas Williams. No, I don't, and I love watch I love watching him play. Um, if it was me, I'd be going with Gareth Davis still. But I, I think for continuity's sake and bringing out the best in bigger, I'm happy to go with uh, with Bax coach opinion on that one. Okay, so we're going Tom, Tom Williams. Thomas Williams, nine. Daniel Bigger, ten. Daniel Bigger, of course. Eleven, Josh Adams. He is... Oh, man. We haven't even, how have we got through 40 minutes of a podcast without mentioning Josh Adams? I don't know. Because yeah. we take him for granted that he's oh he's, he's on the pitch, he'll score. He's brilliant. He is, he is a, he's now, I think, I think he's a world-class winger. I do as well. Can I say that? Is he, is he there? You know, world-class, it's thrown around down that term. But for me, world-class means you're in, you know, the kind of the, you are able to go top, to, you know, toe-to-toe with the very best in the world. And I think Josh Adams does just that. Well, he is at the moment, isn't he? Scoring for fun. And it's the, it's the, the range of tries that he scores as well, doesn't he? He gets so, he gets so involved. He goes looking for the ball. He'll stay out wide. He's got a good aerial game. Defensively, he's doing the lot. So yeah, it's he's worthy of that that title right now. So eleven, Josh Adams. Twelve, Hadley Parks. I thought he had a very solid mm-hmm. game for me. Yep. Thirteen, Nick Tompkins. Yep. Fourteen for me, George North. Agreed. Oh. Agreed. F- okay. Yeah. It's. Um, Although I don't think he'll do that. I don't think he'll do that. I think he will go with McNichol again. A, he's a massive fan of McNichol. And B, he was on the ball a lot, at, you know, either first or second receiver. And I think that's indicative of what uh, of what Pivak wants from his players. Now, 
I think I think going forward, players like McNichol are going to be much more in Pivac style of play than players like North. And that's no dis- you know again North, brilliant player on his day, wonderful finisher, but I, I don't see him as being a centre in in uh, in a kind of Pivac side. I just think you you need that that crisp level of of passing in there, which isn't perhaps his strongest suit. Uh, but in this game, I think it's all about experience and. You know, Ireland are going to kick the ball lots. I know that's not perhaps North's strongest suit either, but he's got that experience. And having Halfpenny and Adams around him, I think I, I think that that would be how I'd look at it. Yeah, half, having Halfpenny Adams' defensive qualities means that yeah, you're comfortable with North, and he's, he's hugely experienced, isn't he? So yeah, I, mm. I would go North at North at fourteen, and yeah, McNichol drops out, but I do think McNichol's going to feature in. You know, in 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 the Pivac's uh, Pivac's thoughts and and games a lot more moving forward, but just not in this not in this one. So, who are your uh, your backs on the bench? So, backs on the bench. So, Reese Webb drops out altogether. So, so, Gareth Davis, presuming he's fit, yeah, yeah, presume, yeah, pres- of course, yeah, presume he's fit. Jar- Jared Evans, yeah, and then Watkin. Watkin, okay. Yeah. If he's fit as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad outside that, is it? So Johnny McNichol misses out. He's, he's he misses out altogether on this, which yeah. is you know quite harsh, but he did he did make a few mistakes, but it's not really because of that. I just think this is purely on on sort of who I think is gonna is gonna put us put us in the best possible position to get this crucial win over an island because if you get this win it's it's on yeah no, are, you, are you happy with those backs on the bench yeah I am I, th- I think I'd probably go McNichol on the bench instead of Watkin but you know um, I, I think that's just down to a bit of game time and possibly you know if you go into if, if you go into the last 15 minutes 10 points behind needing to pull a try out of somewhere McNichol is the kind of player who can do that from from nowhere I think if you go into that last 15 minutes, 10 points ahead, Watkins great coming off the bench because he can, when you're under the pump, he can win you a turnover with those with those strips or, you know, I don't know. It's uh, they're, they're good options to have. I'd be edging towards McNichol, but happy to take your lead on that. Okay. okay All right, Dan, so- just to finish then, a couple of, couple of predictions. Uh, do, do you want to recap of that team then? Yeah, well, just the other, we, have, we just finish off the other replacements. So we've got, so Ross Moriarty, Moriarty on the bench, Hill. yeah. Corey Hill. Corey Hill. Elliot D. Uh, Elliot, Elliot, if he's fit, if yeah. not, Elias. Yeah. Um, Reese Carey is the loose head option, and then uh, I would probably go. Ooh, I, I I'd stick with Leon, which is very tough on Dylan Lewis to miss out, but I would as well actually in this for this. I thought he thought he played well when he came on. He was pretty effective, wasn't yeah, he? Carried well. Yeah. And we've got to remember as well, his scrummaging has come on leaps and pounds mm. at the yeah, Dragons. So for this one, Brown, Brown in and uh, a little harsh on Dylan Lewis, but he'll uh, he'll come back in. Yeah, look, I think yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and they're good options to have. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, with Tyke Furlong as well. Um, yes, it will. He obviously went off, went off not good. Yeah, I haven't seen too much more of that, but that. That is uh, that could be a big blow for Ireland. Let us quickly have a predictions for next week. Let's start with France Italy on the Sunday, Dan. 
France by 12. France by 22 for me. Comfortable there. I think Italy, I think France will tear Italy apart. I think it'll be very similar to what happened this week. Possibly Italy with a bit of an improved performance, but I can see that being a very comfortable France win. Scotland versus England, Calcutta Cup at Murrayfield. I think we'll see a, a strong English performance next weekend with some different selections, or at least there should be. So I'm going to say a relatively comfortable win for England. England by 12. England by two for me. I think that's going to be tight, but I think they'll nudge it. Oof, okay. Be a great they've game. Got good against, they've got a good record against England in recent years, Scotland, particularly at Murrayfield. Although, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was impressed with how they went this weekend. I think it'll be a lot tighter than... Well, I hope um, you're right, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope I'm completely wrong and Scotland stuff them, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Ireland-Wales, this is it, Dan? Yeah, this is the one. I'm going over for this. I, we don't tend to... We don't tend to win when I go over to Ireland. I'm hoping this time it's going to be different. Please, can it not be raining as well? <laughs> I'm going to say Wales by five. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to let head rule over heart on this one and I'm going Ireland by six. Yeah, just have a horrible, have a horrible feeling. It'll be, uh, it'll be another one where they'll they'll get a lot of front football and possibly, tough office, yeah. possibly a tough day at the office. But I, I very much hope I'm proved wrong on that. We look more dangerous now, don't we? So let's hope, let's hope we can just get get this ball away from them. Yeah, give it to it. Josh well, Adams. Yeah, <laughs> give it to Josh Adams. That's the yeah. That's the that's the tactic. That's it. I did see again. Someone on Twitter said that's become the new. Uh, Go on, Shane. It's become the new. Uh, the new kind of yeah. Give it to Josh is the new. Uh, the new version of that. But either way, it's because he's an exciting player to watch. So, you know, fine. So be it. Dan, been a pleasure as always. Thank you for that. And Jay, again, I hope your chicken's to... not too burned. Oh mate, I hope it is. If it if it is, I'm going to get slaughtered by the wife now, and I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to punch you squarely in the face while you sleep. If it's burnt, just think, you know, you, you're probably eating too much meat anyway, so yeah, stick, to, right, the, stick to those veg, yeah? I'll, I'll stick to the vegan scrummaging falafel diet that you uh, that you live on. Right, we'll chat to you again next uh, next week, Dan, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll um, have a bit of a bonus for you. I, we're hoping to appear on the Under the Sticks podcast in, in the middle of the week. Yeah, which looking is forward to that one. The, yeah, which is the Pro 14 uh, official podcast. So that'll be good fun to do that. And uh, yeah, we'll be back at the same time next week. And if we do get time, we'll have a bonus pod in the middle of the week for you too. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back very, very soon. Podcast Network.